evaluate the reasons for the overthrow of the provisional government in October 1917. The provisional government was dominated by the cadets under the leadership of Mulikov and Kerensky, in addition to Lvov, who was the head of the Union of the Zemsta. However, the Petrograd Soviet was formed, and it focused on working-class aspirations. Through order number one, the soldiers declared loyalty to the Petrograd Soviet, and the provisional government could only take effective action if the Soviets agree. Hence, the provisional government had established a dual-power base. The provisional government inherited its problems from the Tsar, such as World War I, land distribution, national minority demands, and an economic crisis. And failure to deal with these problems will lead to its failure. In this podcast, we will evaluate uh, all of the problems faced by the provisional government, which eventually led to its fall. Let's begin by evaluating the impact of World War I. Not only did the provisional government continue the war, but also continued losing it. In a sense, it repeated the same mistake Tsar Nicholas II had already committed. So from July onwards, the provisional government launched a great offensive against the Germans and Austrians in Galicia, which was a complete failure. And this, from this attack onwards, Russia faced constant threat of a German attack and its army was in danger of complete collapse and there were also mass desertions within it. As the social revolutionaries and Mensheviks had supported the provisional government on this policy, they lost their credibility completely with the soldiers and the workers. Yeah, rather than seeking to end the fighting, the provisional government hoped that the change of government from the Tsarist rule would offer an opportunity for Russia to renew their efforts and fight more effectively. However, the peasants, who made up most of the conscriptions of the army, had no interest in fighting anymore, and the number of these military desertions rose. And subsequently, this opened space and made room for the rise of the Bolsheviks, which proposed peace as an alternative to the war. Yes. So, by committing the same mistake that was already done by the Tsar, this opposition grew, mm -hmm. and despite Lenin and um, other people like the Bolsheviks themselves perhaps believing that war would secure more um, national pride in Russia if the, the change of government made Russia stronger and made the army stronger and made it possible that they would win the war this ended up not happening and the conditions of the Russian people were even worsened yes these conditions were already um, in severe unrest in Russia following uh, the February Revolution and leading up to the October Revolution, right? Uh, the economy was in desperate trouble and the peasantry was openly seizing uh, landlords' estates. And this, there was this whole issue with the distribution of land, which is our next factor regarding uh, the overthrow of the provisional government. The economy was in desperate trouble and the peasantry was indeed openly seizing the landlord's estates. So Kerensky sent troops to deal with the peasants' violence, and this angered a large part of the population. Yeah, the radical image of the socialist revolutionaries was destroyed uh, by their actions as they supported uh, Kerensky, right? And, used, and he used these troops to act 
to repress the peasants' revolts, and it seems like the socialists, the socialists had betrayed the peasants. Yeah, the social revolutionaries and the Mensheviks, by supporting Kerensky's actions at the start, did not know to what extent he would act in support of the peasantry, and he clearly did not. And this created support for the Bolsheviks. Yeah, the Bolsheviks were able to take advantage of all this sentiment of betrayal and came out openly in support of the peasants, right? They, they, they brought this image of, of, of safety and craft support for their October Revolution and the following uh, overthrow of the, the provisional government. As well, the national minorities continued demanding more um, independence from Russia. So the Finns and the Poles, they called for outright independence. Uh, the Caucasus as well wanted more autonomy. And Ukraine demanded self-government and moderate socialists in the government and its concessions. So yeah. there were a lot of national minority demands which were escalating. And this truly angered the liberals ultimately resulting in the resignation of the, of the cadets and Lvov from the provisional government. And as a result, Kerensky becomes the new prime minister at the head of a coalition government. However, the people no longer supported the moderates and they were looking for these more radical reforms, right? More radical reforms which were being proposed by Lenin and the Bolsheviks. And the economy was in a crisis situation um, it continued to deteriorate from the February Revolution until um, the points where there was revolution in October. The grain prices in Petrograd doubled and they continued rising. And punishment brigades were sent out to requisition grain. And this only served to increase violence in the countryside and creates even more impetus towards revolution. Yeah, as the provisional government's priority continued to be the war, uh, this led to antagonisms between the workers and employers in Russia. Moderate socialists in the government and Soviet were unable to meet the needs of their supporters, the workers, right? And then the workers begin to be attracted by the Marxist approach of the Bolsheviks, which seemed to favor them much, much more. The Kornilov affair worked to culminate all of these weaknesses of the provisional government, right? With the April thesis, uh, Lenin begged for this worldwide socialist revolution, the immediate end to the war and to cooperation with the provisional government, demanding all power to the Soviet and lend to the peasants. Yes, the, the Bolsheviks now provided a very radically different alternative to provisional government and to the moderate um, socialists in the Soviets and made this very concrete. Some of these clauses in the April thesis, they were put into slogans like peace, land and bread, which um, Lenin used throughout his whole um, government in Russia, which happened after the revolution itself. As this truly appealed uh, to the soldiers and the workers, uh, whose expectations and demands were becoming more radical and were moving ahead of the ability of the provisional government and Soviets to satisfy Yes, them. even preceding the Kornilov affair, the July days was this pro-Bolshevik um, riot, right? Riot, yeah. yes, which uh, was supported by units of the army, which 
refused to go to the war front and it joins all these frustrated left-wing protesters in the streets including sailors from Kronstadt. Yeah, so the army was with the Bolsheviks. They, yes. They, they joined uh, this, this struggle, this movement in the streets of Petrograd. And even though Lenin didn't lead the protest, uh, the July days... Uh, and led... the protest was ultimately a failure. Yeah. It did show that there was this force, that there was this popular demand for revolution. And then I think the Cornell of Affair was, in a sense, the spark yeah. for a revolution or the, the catalyst for revolution in October. Not necessarily a factor, but something which must be addressed. And so after the July days, Kerensky appointed Kornilov as the supreme commander of Russian forces. And Kornilov saw this as an opportunity to crush the radical socialists and restore order and authority to Petrograd. He sent his troops to Petrograd with the aim of crushing the Soviets and establishing a military dictatorship, which was contrary to what Kerensky thought Kornilov would do. He panicked. Yes. And denounced Kornilov. But Kerensky, at that moment, also called on the Soviets to help defend Petrograd from this counter-revolution. He, he released the Bolsheviks <laughs> and provided the Soviets with weapons. Yes, yeah, so the Bolshevik Red Guard appeared on the streets. And in the end, um, Kornilov's troops did not arrive, even because the railway workers had halted the trains and Bolshevik agents persuaded them to desert their officers. But this had drastic yes. effects in Russia. And consequently, Kerensky's reputation was damaged. Uh, not even damaged, I think it was over. He, he yes. couldn't uh, come out of this uh, with any morale. Uh, the socialist revolutionary leaders and the Mensheviks were discredited because of their association with Kerensky and the soldiers they they murdered hundreds of officers and officers felt that Kerensky had betrayed Kornilov right uh the military yes uh, and apart from this like end of um Kerensky's reputation the Bolsheviks were now extremely popular and I think Lenin saw this as the perfect moment to bring about revolution. Yes, it was this power vacuum that he yes. was uh, determined to fill. Yes. yes. So History won't forgive us if we don't, don't, take, act don't take power yet now. Yes. Um, and this was what Lenin said. And, and effectively, he was able to do it because the, the situation in Russia was in their favor. It was in the Bolsheviks' favor. So by October 1917, the provisional government was indeed discredited and attracted hatred and discontent. And uh, a culmination of factors, including uh, the World War I, the distribution of land in Russia, national minority demands, Russia's economic situation, and ultimately the Cornell of Affair, which was the catalyst, right, to these long-term factors, these the, these problems intertwined to the overthrow of the provisional government in October 1917.